Hello, everyone. This is episode two of Nick's Notes. I'm your host, Nick Desai. Today, I wanted to talk about Joe Biden's proposed $2.4 trillion infrastructure bill, because people traditionally think of infrastructure as roads and bridges and highways and schools and things like that. But the bill includes $400 billion of healthcare spend, right? And immediately it's been attacked because our country's so polarized as what does that have to do with infrastructure? And the first thing to say for this discussion is healthcare is infrastructure and infrastructure is healthcare because the point of buildings and roads and bridges and schools is to serve human beings with easier access to goods and services. But the first and most important service that all human beings need universally is not a bridge, a road, or a school, but it's access to healthcare services. And with an aging American population and people living longer than ever, first of all, the boomers, what's called the silver tsunami, these are people turning 65 at the rate of 10,000 people per day, but people are also living longer than ever into their 80s and 90s and hundreds. So we are seeing disease take prevalence that were not prevalent before because people didn't live long enough, right? So dementia and Alzheimer's and so many of these other conditions are exploding in cost. Just in kidney care, we have 40 million chronic kidney disease patients in America, and nine of 10 of them, if we don't change how they're managed, will end up on dialysis, which increases the cost of care by almost 500% per patient. And that's a $2.4 trillion ticking time bomb of healthcare costs that no one knows how we're going to pay for. So healthcare is infrastructure in that it gives us the tools to live our lives better and frankly, to live our lives at all. So I was very, very happy to see President Biden include $400 billion for healthcare services. And his predominant focus on that was enabling healthcare at home for and paying for home health workers and other related services that what allows people to what is called age in place. What is aging in place? It means you spend your final years in your house where you, where, where you have dignity, where you have independence and where you love to be and where your kids and grandkids often come or you, as opposed to in an assisted living facility, skilled nursing facility or a hospital bed. Right now, there are patients who obviously need hospitals and skilled nursing and other types of facilities. But what we're learning more and more, what we developed in part at Heal with our house call practice, and what other companies like Dispatch Health are doing with emergency care at home, what remote monitoring solutions and services are doing, are enabling people to stay at home, which gives people and is proven to improve their quality of life and give them a longer life and give them the feeling that they're living for something. Laying in a hospital bed is the easiest way to forget what you're fighting for in the first place. Whereas if you're in your home, you can live your own life and have the dignity and independence that people so cherish, especially aging seniors, right? And, but what we're learning is that these kinds of services can do more and more healthcare at home. Dialysis is happening at, more at home, primary care, emergency care, post-acute, transitional care. And all of these services require an explosion in the availability of home health workers and both skilled and unskilled. And by skilled and unskilled, 
anyone who goes into the home of a human being to take care of an, an, a person who is elderly, maybe frail, may have multiple, multiple disease, has to have skills. But in the healthcare world, we call skilled workers, people like nurses and medical assistants who have some medical training, whereas others might come to help you get your groceries, help you take a bath, take you for a walk, uh, help you get out of bed, help you prepare food, the kinds of things that people need to be able to stay in their home. And this $400 billion is a stepping stone towards moving care to the home. But it does something else because it's it's actually incredibly disruptive in that in a good way, in that it's not just, hey, there's more home health workers and people can stay at home. It dramatically reduces healthcare costs because an average home health care worker will cost between two and $400 a day, depending on the skill level of that person. And in some markets, maybe as little as half that, right? Some markets may be a little bit more, but in general, let's look at two or $400 a day. A hospital stay costs an average of $14,000 per day. 200 to $400, $14,000, right? So there's an incredible economic imperative to enable this workforce and people who might take time off work because the home health worker might well be your adult son or daughter or cousin or brother or someone who's taking care of you that has the decency to do it but is losing out on wages and it might be somebody you hire because you don't have that loved one or you have the ability to hire somebody but those services need to be available and that that cost savings can be substantial and significant and sustained but it does another disruption which i am most excited about and is not talked about as much in the healthcare political landscape which is it breaks the hold that the hospital institutional oligarchy has on complex patient care right just as there's an oil oligarchy and a few companies that control this fossil resource and they continue to push it on us to, and and potentially suppress innovation in green energy and so on and so forth hospitals are in the beds and heads business whatever they say they want people to come to their giant facilities that's why they're hiring primary care doctors and that's why they're calling them hospitalists and care systems right what they are is the beds and heads business. And if we can disrupt that, we fundamentally get at half of the $4 trillion that are spent in healthcare in America with a cost-effective and sustainable solution that enables people to live longer, that enables people to be compensated for the work they do for their family and loved ones so they don't have to choose between making money and spending their last six months of their father's life with their father or mother, right? And it allows a new class of workers and innovation and technologies and services to emerge that make the home increasingly the primary place for care delivery and hospitals increasingly the last resort. And that's the transition that I think this $400 billion will help start the process towards. And I'm very, very glad to see it. And I think of it very much as infrastructure as much as anything else as much as a road, a bridge, or a school, or anything else in infrastructure uh, in, in, in the bill. And so I hope it passes, and we'll see what happens over the next few years. But regardless, this transition is going to happen, and this is just figuring out a way to pay for it. So those are my thoughts. As always, I welcome yours, and thank you for listening to Nick's Notes, and be sure to tune into our next episode.